Hello Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators. Hope everybody enjoyed their weekend. Although I'm sure you guys did not enjoy Saturday's result with the Florida basketball game as the two-game winning streak comes to an end. Florida loses 68-51 to on the road to Ole Miss. We'll recap that game on today's show. In the second segment, we'll discuss one of Florida's commits for the 2020 class receiving a five-star rating from Rivals.com. And in the final segment, we'll discuss a few news and notes on some former Gators. But let's start with the basketball game on Saturday as the Gators lose another game on the road that drops them to 2-5 and five on the season. And Florida was the victim of Ole Miss senior guard Brian Tyree, who scored 23 points. He was already the SEC scoring leader in league play coming into the game at 22.8 points per game. And he hit that against the Gators, leading Ole Miss to a much-needed victory. And remember, he did not suit up for them in their game in Gainesville, where Mike White got his 100th career win. And certainly, he was the difference on Saturday. He was 4 for 6 from beyond the arc, 9 for 19 for the game, and really led Ole Miss's charge in the second half. And you have to give the Gators some credit. They got themselves in a hole once again in the first half, and we'll hear Mike White's comments on that. But they were able to go on the run late in the first period, and they had a chance there in the second half to make it a game. They were only down by two points on two occasions, and they even took a three-pointer that would have given them the lead had it gone down. But the Rebels responded thanks to Tyree, who made consecutive baskets, including a three-pointer, and they pushed their lead to 15 at one point. Schuler and Buffin both had 14 points for the Rebels, but it was Tyree who stole the show on Saturday. The Gators had no answer for him, and here's what Mike White had to say about Tyree's performance and the Gators' loss at Ole Miss. A lot went well for them, um, not so well for the Gators. Um, thought Tyree was fantastic. We, we, we made a couple scouting report, poor decisions there about five minutes in the second half that they made us pay for. I went under a couple screens on Tyree. Um, late clock Tyree, though, I, I thought, um, despite some pretty good defense by us, just stepped up and, and made big, timely shots. Um, Thought he was really good. Defended better than us. They rebounded better than us. Executed better than us. Keontae Johnson led the way for the Gators on Saturday, posting his fourth double-double of the season, finishing with 16 points and 10 rebounds. But the Gators did not get a lot of production elsewhere. Kerry Blackshear had just 11 points in this game. He was 0 for 3 from beyond the arc. And Andrew Nemhard, who, as we all know, has been having some career-high performances lately, just five points in this road game against the Rebels, one for five from beyond the arc. And the Gators found themselves in a slump offensively. They came into this game actually ranked first in league play in both field goal percentage and three-point percentage but against the Rebels on Saturday, they were held to just 33.3% from the floor and 21.7% from beyond the arc. They were 5 for 23 in the game. Mike White talked about the Gators' struggles on the offensive end. You know, first half, I liked actually our, our looks uh, on the road against a good defense like this. Um, I thought we were within striking distance and I thought we were we were Fortunate. I, I liked our offensive flow. It moved. Um, getting some paint touches, uh, driving it, making good decisions, and then probably the last 15 minutes of the game. Uh, I, I think the crowd uh, was a factor. Um, I think Ole Miss's defense really 
tightened up. A um, couple poor shots, some live ball turnovers, and that's, that's game. And once again, the Gators found themselves down by another big deficit. This has become a trend. We saw them get down big against Alabama, against Georgia in their last game. And once again, against the Rebels on Saturday, they were down 21-8 in the first half. Mike White spoke after the UGA game about the fact that he's concerned that his team keeps getting down like this. Yeah, he's proud that they were able to rally and have a huge comeback. But getting down by these large deficits is not a recipe for success. It happened once again on Saturday. And here's what he had to say about it. It's unfortunate that um, that we're a team that puts ourselves in positions like that. Uh, again, Ole Miss, I think, had a lot to do with that, though. Um, and as I talked about after our last game against Georgia, great comeback. Great. Great win. But why are we down 22? You know, if, if, you're, a, if you're a high-level team, and again, Georgia was terrific. So um, can you feel great about overcoming those deficits consistently yeah. you feel great, great about the result but not necessarily about the way that you played for 40 and um, the the approach coming into this one for us was let's put together 40 for the second time uh, we feel like we put together 40 against Auburn at home and uh, played really really well and it would have taken 40 today um, and again I, I thought we played pretty well there for I would say about 25 um, and we're still down you know but um, if you play that well for 40, uh, maybe maybe you come in here and, and steal one. But, uh, we, you know, wasn't, it wasn't competitive at the end of the game. When we come back from this first break, we'll discuss the Florida commit for the class of 2021 who just received his fifth star. You're listening to Locked on Gators, your team every day. Welcome back into the show. Well, Florida recruiting fans finally got the news that they've been waiting years for in the class of 2020 as the Gators signed a consensus five-star prospect and defensive tackle, Jervon Dexter. He's the first for UF since Martez Ivy in 2015. Derek Wingo, the linebacker out of St. Thomas Aquinas, also received a five-star rating from Rivals in the class of 2020. So that's a pair of five-star signings for the Gators, according to Rivals. And so far in the class of 2021, they already have one player on Florida's commitment list with a five-star rating, and he hails from the same high school as Derek Wingo. Tyreek Sapp, a defensive end out of St. Thomas Aquinas, just received his fifth star from Rivals as they updated their Rivals 100 for the class of 2021, and Sapp checked in at number 12 overall in the country. So a huge jump for him prior to that rankings update. He was not even in the top 100. But if you look at what he's done on the camp circuit the past couple of months, it's no surprise that he's moved up the rankings the way that he did. And he really made the most noise this past Sunday at the Rivals Camp Series in Miami. He walked away with defensive line MVP honors, and he was also invited to the Rivals 100 five-star challenge. Now, that preceded the performance that he put on at the Future 50 Camp in Orlando a few weeks ago, where he was also a standout performer. And this weekend in Miami, Sapp really put on a show, according to Rivals analysts Adam Freeman and Rob Cassidy. Here's what they had to say about the Gators' commit expectations were high for Sapp coming into the event and he didn't disappoint. The Florida commit could pretty much push around any offensive lineman he went up against. Sapp had a few difficult reps against Clemson commit Marcus Tate, but outside of that, Sapp won reps with outside moves, inside moves, and power moves. He's currently listed as a strong side end, but could end up playing more defensive tackle in college 
if he continues to get bigger. And again, right now he's listed at six foot three, 260 pounds, a five-star commit for the Gators out of St. Thomas Aquinas. And he made that pledge to the Gators back on Christmas Eve in 2010. And now he's the highest rated commit in Florida's 2021 class. And on Sunday, here's what Sapp had to say about his commitment status, because despite his longstanding pledge to the Gators, he still has other programs pursuing him. But he told Gator fans out there, don't worry, I'm still committed, according to Rivals.com. He says, I haven't decommitted. I just want to go see some other places. I'm going up to Gainesville for a practice next month. So still has a sight set on UF, still committed to Florida, and a big pledge for them in this 2021 class, which, according to Rivals.com, is actually the number two class in the country right now, second to only Ohio State, who also has 10 commitments like the Gators. And if you look at their class right now, certainly number one in the SEC, and that's according to both Rivals and 24-7 Sports. And when you look at their commitment list, they've already hit some priority positions. They have their quarterback in Carlos Del Rio. They have some offensive athletes committed in Reynolds and Smith, a pair of offensive linemen in Gardner and Jackson. Moving over to the defensive line, you obviously have Sapp as the headliner, but you also have Chris Thomas Jr. as a big-time commit out of Fort Myers. The Gators already have a linebacker committed in Chief Borders, who I really like, and then a pair of defensive backs committed in Clinton Burton and Kamar Wilcoxon out of IMG Academy. So the Gators already put together a really good class early on in this cycle. And when you look at their remaining needs for 2021, certainly they're going to want to go out and get a running back. They're going to want to add some more offensive linemen to this class and address the DB position once again as the Gators are going to lose a lot of guys after the 2020 season. But for Florida to have the number two class in the country right now, according to Rivals.com, to have a five-star committed after signing a pair of five-star prospects in the class of 2020, I mean, the Gators recruiting is in really good shape right now. Dan Mullen and his staff doing an excellent job, and the fact that they're getting on these elite guys and they're getting them committed early in the process is what you like to see back-to-back years now with the defensive lineman right here from the state of Florida. When we come back from this last break, we'll hit on some news and notes on a bunch of former Gators. You're listening to Locked on Gators, your team every day. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked on to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked on Gators is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Gator fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Gator fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve locked-on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back into the show. The NFL Combine is a couple weeks away, and you're going to see eight former Gators competing in Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. The official list of invitees was released by the NFL last Friday, and the guys who were invited from Florida include wide receiver Tyree Cleveland, wide receiver Van Jefferson, wide receiver Freddie Swain, running back LaMichael Pirine, defensive lineman Jonathan Grenard and Jabari Zuniga, 
cornerback C.J. Henderson and punter Tommy Townsend. Now, one guy who is noticeably absent from that list is wide receiver Josh Hammond, and you hate to see him not get the invite because all four senior wide receivers contributed to Florida's passing game. All of them made big plays. All of them were the leaders of that group. And for Josh Hammond to not be included with those other three guys, I think is a disservice. His stats are right there. The touchdowns that he's made over the course of his career should have earned him a spot in Lucas Oil Stadium. But he's not the only senior captain that didn't get invited. David Reese, the second also did not get invited to the NFL Combine. So those guys will have to make up for it at their pro day. But I think with all the film that they've put together over the last four years and the way that they should be able to perform at their pro day, those guys will hopefully be able to make a mark so that they can get selected in the NFL draft. But no question about guys like C.J. Henderson, Jonathan Gennard. This is going to be a big opportunity for them at the NFL Combine to really showcase their talent and maybe prove why they should be some of the early round picks. I think it should be a big day for Van Jefferson as well. He really had a big senior bowl week and embarrass some of those dbs out there he's going to have an opportunity to test really well i'm looking forward to seeing what the 40 time looks like for tyree cleveland i think he's going to surprise some folks and then lamichael p ryan this is going to be a big combine for him and a chance to showcase some of the versatility that he put on tape during his senior season the fact that he can catch passes out of the backfield, do a lot of different things other than just run the ball is something that could really boost his stock as we approach the NFL draft, which is set for April 23rd through April 25th. Florida had the fourth most players invited to the NFL Combine behind LSU, who had 16, Alabama, who had 10, and Auburn, who had nine. The XFL also had its first games over the weekend, and there's eight former Gators that you can find on three league rosters in the XFL. On the Tampa Bay Vipers, you have running back Mac Brown, wide receiver Antonio Callaway, tight end DeAndre Goolsby, offensive lineman Martez Ivey, and defensive end CeCe Jefferson. All of them opened the season with that team. However, Callaway is out right now with a leg injury. But nice to see Ivey and Jefferson end up with an XFL team. Those are two guys that were former five-star recruits, were four-year starter for the Gators, and just did not catch on with any NFL teams and get that opportunity. But hopefully they can perform well with the Vipers and get a look at the next level when Running back Mac Brown, man, you give him a lot of credit. He didn't have the greatest career at Florida, but he's lasted several years at the professional level, played for a lot of different teams in the NFL, and now he's keeping it going with the Vipers. And then you move over to the St. Louis Battlehawks, where you can watch another former Gators running back, as well as safety Will Hill, another former five-star recruit for the Gators. Both of those guys are on the Battlehawks. And then former safety Matt Elam, he plays for the D.C. Defenders, and he actually had one tackle in their first game, which was a 31-19 to win over the Seattle Dragons. So XFL underway, some former Gators that you'll be able to watch this season, and also a former Gators coach as Bob Stoops, the ex-Gators DC. Remember, he's the head coach of the Dallas Renegades and not the head coach of the Florida State Seminoles, despite all the hopes of the FSU fans in the offseason. And he also has Steve Spurrier's son on his staff. Scott is the uh, tight ends coach. So a lot of former Gators that you can find in the XFL. And I, for one, hope that league is able to last. And one guy who wanted to take the opportunity to share some personal notes on Monday was former Gators defensive back Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I do think it's really important for all Florida fans to hear this note that he shared 
on social media. Now, for all the fans that remember his time at UF, he was a really outgoing, charismatic player. He loved to trash talk. He was one of the leaders on the team. But he did have this to say, and he wanted to share it with everyone out there, and especially the players that might be struggling with some of the things that he's had to go through. And Chauncey Gardner-Johnson started this note out with, speak up before it's too late. As a football player, you take hits to the head, bruise your body bad, and even mentally, you get out of whack. These past two years for me has been hard as an athlete and a human. When you try to make everybody happy and do things others want, you lose yourself. I tried to for days and months at a time to try and channel my energy and thoughts to a happy spot, but it's a challenge when you try to find happiness for yourself. As an athlete, you get held to a high level where they feel like you have no problems or life is just easy because of money, and it's not. I knew something mentally was wrong during the start of my junior year in 2018. Things seemed off because everything I thought about seemed to bother me or work me up to points I would lash out and be afraid of myself. Since then, I would try to find things to help out, but it's a struggle. I fight it every day. I told myself I needed help because I was scared of the world and what they would think about me, but I'm speaking up to let guys know mental health is real and I'm an athlete who is suffering from it emotionally. It hurts daily, but I'm taking a stand to become a better Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and spread love around the world to help others going through the same. So shout out to Chauncey Gardner-Johnson for posting that note, sharing a glimpse into his personal life and some of the struggles that he's been going through. I recently shared a story about him on Twitter that showed all the time that he's put in with foster kids in the New Orleans area over the past year. So really like to see where he's at right now in his life, the things that he's doing for others, but also the things that he's doing for himself. So really wish Chauncey the best of luck. I covered him as a recruit. I covered him as a player and I like to see him now as a professional handling things the way that he is and having the impact in his community. So big ups and kudos to Chauncey Gardner-Johnson for that post on Monday. And also some former Gator assistants on the move as Chris Rump, who served as the co-DC and defensive line coach for the Gators, moved on to Tennessee and is now heading to the NFL as he's been hired by the Houston Texans to coach their outside linebacker position. Rump is a guy that's had a lot of big-time stops in college. He's coached at Clemson. He's coached at Alabama, obviously at Florida, and now he's on to the NFL. So congrats to Rump as he moves his coaching career on to the next level. And another guy leaving Tennessee is Drew Hughes, the Gators' former director of player personnel. He is reuniting with Will Muschamp at South Carolina. Now, Muschamp actually tried to hire Hughes when he first went to USC, and Hughes made the decision to stay at UF with Dan Mullen. He eventually joined Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee, who he worked with at Alabama, and now he moves on to South Carolina after helping the Vols sign a top 10 class in the 2020 cycle. So wish Drew the best of luck. I always enjoyed dealing with him when he was in Gainesville. And another former Gators assistant who's reuniting with an ex-Gators coach is Tim Skipper. He just got hired by Central Michigan to be their new linebackers coach. After he served as a defensive coordinator at UNLV, he reunites with Jim McElwain after the two worked together at Florida. Tim Skipper served as his running backs coach and his linebackers coach. He was one of his ace recruiters on the staff, really helped him in that 2018 class, get some big-time commitments, and now he ends up at Central Michigan Wish the best to Tim Skipper, wish the best to Drew Hughes, and congrats to Coach Rump as he moves on to the NFL. Before we let you guys go, want to touch on some notes that we didn't hit on Friday. The Gators announced another home-and-home -home series 
this time with Cal, as Florida will host the Golden Bears in September 2026, and then they will travel to Berkeley, California in September 2027. So another home-and-home series for this UF football program. Kudos to Scott Strickland for continuing to bolster Florida's schedule. We also got some trips coming up to Colorado, to Texas, to Utah, really looking forward to the future of Florida football. And I know fans are looking forward to hearing Dan Mullen this spring and the school announced the dates for his speaking tour coming up in the next couple months. Mullen will open things up on March 17th in Jacksonville. And then later in the month, he'll be in Orlando at Full Sail University on March 30th. April 14th, he'll be in Gainesville, Florida at the Gainesville Quarterback Club. April 15th, Mullen will be in Tampa, Florida. And then on April 30th, Mullen will speak in Lakeland, Florida to the Polk County Gator Club. Moving into May, Mullen will be back in Gainesville speaking on May 14th. And then he'll close things out in Gainesville once again on May 28th at the Fighting Gator Touchdown Club. So a busy couple months coming up for Mullen. We got spring football right around the corner. His staff is about to be really busy once the spring evaluation period starts. So it never stops. And we'll make sure that we keep you guys covered all throughout the offseason. And that'll do it for the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we recap Florida's loss on Saturday to Ole Miss. We discuss the newest five-star commit for Florida in the class of 2021. And in the final segment, we covered a few news and notes on some former Gators. On tomorrow's show, we'll hear some more from Florida coach Mike White and how the Gators can rebound from Saturday's loss at Ole Miss. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day.